right. Welcome to the Divine Realignment Podcast. I have my good friend, Rachel Scheffler, with me, and she is a medium and an energy healer. And uh, just let's talk. Let's have a fun conversation about woo-woo and mediumship and energy healing and our root chakras. And I think it's important, especially nowadays, to talk about our root chakra. You know? Let's do the woo. Yeah. So... Let's get into the root chakra. So I okay. teach people how to get into their intuitive development. And what they always want to do is they want to get straight up into the upper chakras. Mm-hmm. And like, I get that, but also you're going to be way unbalanced when you do that. Sure. Do you find, do you do the same thing for people? I did, you know, um, I feel like what I've done so far with, with beginners is mostly kind of introducing them to the fact that this stuff exists because the beginners that I'm getting are the ones that are coming out just like me who who would have five years ago if you'd started talking about aliens and multi-dimensional beings and stuff (laughs) like that would have said you need a higher dose of your medication um and they're just so they were just like me and they're finding out that all this stuff is real and so their minds are already a little blown from having to open like this yeah and so I find that I'm um more like kind of getting them started. Why don't you start reading about these things? Why don't you start developing a base of vocabulary about these things and so forth? And really haven't got into the chakra system at all. And it's so funny that we're doing this because I was thinking about doing a video on my business Facebook page about what is a chakra anyway, you know, for the yeah. folks that don't know, you know, you can be talking about chakras. What the hell is a chakra? <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. I was actually just talking with my dad about, he was like, you keep saying chakra. What does this mean? And I'm like, you forget that um, it just becomes so ingrained in your vernacular that you assume everyone else does. But that brings up an interesting question. What was your sort of awakening process like? Uh, It was a roller coaster. Roller coaster. (laughs) Um, So my brother and my mother and I, we always were kind of already on that side of the fence where we we would watch the ghost shows and we'd be like, yeah, I think maybe that's possible, but it never happened to us. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're already kind of open uh, to that kind of thing, but, you know, never really had any personal experiences until I got a little older. And then I would have every once in a while would have a dream that would come true and it was never a lottery or plane crash or anything like that. I would dream about things happening in my family. And then anywhere from three weeks to three months later, it would actually happen. I'd be like, oh my God, I dreamed this. And uh, come to find out that comes from my mom's side of the family mostly. Her, her mother was probably very psychic. She would be in the kitchen making dinner and all of a sudden would drop whatever she was doing and be on the phone. And, you know, mom, why are you on the phone? And she would say, I just had to call Evelyn. I just knew I had to call Evelyn right now. Mm-hmm. And so she's probably very psychic and tuned in and, and knew stuff. Um, and then my mom also had these precognitive dreams, you know, again, just family stuff that would come true. So I kind of was already open to it, but my abilities as they are did not open until my 40th birthday. Really? Like on your birthday? Uh, almost. Wow. <laughs> Happy birthday to you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Um, my best friend, her birthdays, uh, are, both our birthdays are in October. And so in 2016, I was turning 40 
and we decided let's go to New Orleans and we'll do it, you know, really big. And oh, wow. <laughs> uh, New Orleans has this amazing Halloween uh, event, like almost every night during the month of October. And oh, cool. so we go there and we stay in a haunted hotel and like the whole thing. And I didn't think anything of it other than I started to have, it was almost like textbook from those ghost shows that you watch where people say they felt watched or the lights would flicker. I mean, it was like almost, almost smarmy. The things that were happening, it was like right out of the show. And so, um, yeah, so I stayed in a haunted hotel and had the paranormal experiences and I thought, great. So I have a story that I can tell for the rest of my life when I turned 40 and went to New Orleans and got drunk and saw ghosts and, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't stop when I came home. The nerve increased. It just increased in intensity and frequency. And uh, until before I know it, I'm speaking with Archangel Michael and shaking so hard I can, you know, barely breathe. And and you know, and then the rest. Then I found teachers and developed my abilities. And here I am. Yours is way cooler than mine. You have an actual story because I was actually talking with this about my dad. He's like, so, so how did you, and I'm like, I was never the kid that had dead people sitting at the foot of my bed. Like I never had that problem. Right. I just always sort of knew it was possible. I just always knew I was like open to it. But Mm -hmm. looking back, it was like a series of things in my life that I had just brushed off because I'm so hardheaded and I'm so stubborn that I'm just like, no, not, not now. You know, and looking back, I did have dreams as a kid where I would have, um, I guess, earthbounds come to me and want something from me in in dreams. But I'm like, I'm five. Like, there's not much of anything I can do for you. Uh But I remember one dream in specific where I like this guy pulled out all the stops. He pretended to be a prince the whole nine yards and he and he wanted my help. And I was such a little I was very much like, no, he had so mad. But it was, um, yeah, I was like not having it. I was, there is not. And, but I think it was like after I sort of set that boundary that I really didn't have anything crazy, you know, freaky happen until I sort of got over the hump of depression and anxiety. And I had been really, really meditating. And I, I was in this apartment, I was sitting on my couch and I was just meditating and I accidentally picked up on, and like I got something from my grandma. And then all of a sudden I had some dude walk up to me and flick me on the forehead. <laughs> yeah. And that was when I was like, I need to know what's going on here. Like, immediately. Yeah. yeah. And because before I was just like, eh, whatever, you know, and then this guy is like, hello, where can we work now? I was like, oh, that is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And I guess yeah. now looking back at it, that was probably my awakening, like my stop, stop messing around kind of moment. Because Uh before I'm just like, well, I had all these little experiences that I had brushed off, which could have been awakening moments, but I was not, I was not having it. Yeah. Your story is cool though, because I too was part of a family that was always very, we loved the ghost stuff. Mm -hmm. They're always like way cool with it and way open to it. And so I actually find it weird that I am the scion of the family, the only one who's into the woo-woo. I'm like, you guys are spooky too. Like, don't give me this. Yeah, right? 
Yeah. Why did I get singled out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's interesting that you mentioned like a family lineage because I can't figure out if I have a family lineage of that or not. I think it's maybe my dad's side, but they'd probably fight me. Fight mm -hmm. me or not. Yeah, I mean, it must come through my dad too because after my, he had, he had experiences in his, uh, he and my mom came with us on this trip. Like we made it a, like a family vacation because my friend Deidre's parents had both passed at that point. And she kind of looks at my parents as surrogate parents. So we all went and uh, mom and dad um, both had experiences, dad more so than mom. And so it turns out that my dad is also a medium and his abilities seem to have really opened up on that trip too although now that he told me that now looking back he believes he's always been clairaudient he just thought it was loud neighbors not dead people i love that <laughs> yeah yeah i guess i've got it in both sides i don't know i don't know but yeah, yeah. so what's <laughs> funny is that i love that first of all but it's just like it's one of those things that is just so natural and ingrained to you that you're just like whatever. That's just, it's normal. You know, it must be, the yeah. that's funny though. <laughs> but as soon as that guy flicked me on the forehead, I signed up for like a, a mediumship development workshop or something. Mm -hmm. And it was during this time, it was like the stars had aligned. This happened as soon as that was like, okay, great. I want answers now. This is in like two weeks. And my dad was like, can I come down and visit? And I'm like, well, if you're going to visit, you're going to have to go to this thing with me. And he's like, okay, sure. Why not? And so he is a far better medium than I am. Wow. That's no joke. And he can pick up on some like, like past loved ones mediumship, you okay. know, like he can pull them out of the ethers. He's so personable and charming though, that it's like, of course they would talk to you rather than me. Like I'm, I'm a little difficult. <laughs> yeah. And I just thought that was funny. Cause it's like, he's just like, Oh, well, I'll just accompany my daughter. We'll do this fun thing. And he walked away understanding that he's a medium he's like that was more than I bargained for. <laughs> yeah the importance of your root chakra when you're developing your intuition and stuff and I think that we had got off track with that a little bit but what I had realized because like with my spiritual awakening I guess is that that's all I wanted to do I wanted to be like way up here I'm like let's talk to aliens yeah. let's talk yeah. to angels <laughs> let's do all the fun stuff mm -hmm. but I wasn't able to, it still felt like it was not real in a way, mm -hmm. you know, until I, it, until I got back to my root chakra and mm -hmm. I started being like, well, I guess I can connect with being a human, you know, <laughs> seems boring, but okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. It, it, I mean, yeah, because that's where all the cool stuff, when you hear about it on TV and everything, everybody wants to be the next Therese Caputo or the next yeah. Tyler Henry or the next Mama Medium or whatever. Um, but they don't, TV, what people have to realize is TV does not show you who they had to be to get to that point and the work that they had to do on themselves to get to that point. Yes. Um, and the, yeah. and honestly, the, from the, the non-show, like the interviews that I've seen Teresa Caputo on apart from her show, she's very honest about that, about how it's always, I don't have it all figured out and I have to work on myself all the time and I don't have all the answers. So I feel like she, you know, she's, she's really legit and she, she will be honest about it. It's just that her show portrays her in that Hollywood, 
this is so easy. I can just pull them, like you said, out of the ethers and <laughs> being a medium is great and all this kind of stuff. But yeah, they don't show you if you're going to do this, if you're going to live this life, if you're going to reach out to other people with your abilities, you have to deal with your stuff. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I find because I think we have a tendency with our root chakra to put all of the things that we don't want to deal with in there. Yeah. I think we, we do this thing where we always want, there's this misconception on what like ascension is, where it's like, we don't, we're not human anymore. Like we're more alien yeah. than human and we don't want to be here. So anything that's like low vibration, like anger, fear, whatever, we stuff in our lower chakras. Cause that's, that's human stuff. That's boring. That sucks. Yeah. So when you get into your root chakra, you're like, Ooh, there's shame and there's fear. And there's, you know, there's anger. And who, who wants to be down there, but it's like, you can't. And so that does bring up all that root chakra healing that's necessary. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until recently when I was like, Oh, if I actually like clear all that stuff out, like if I'm, if I'm not afraid to be angry, if I'm not afraid to be afraid or to feel shame or anything, like there is also a lot of spirituality down here that I can oh, yeah. get in touch with. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I, um, I just had overlooked it because again, like you said on TV, like it's all up here and everyone's like, I see a demon or, you mm -hmm. know, like I, I talk to angels and you just don't think that that is something because you're so used to being human and that wasn't your experience. You must have to ascend up here to have it. But yeah, I think that's overlooked a lot. Absolutely. And uh, at, the further you go into your journey, the, um, the more thing that, you know, your abilities start to deepen and your sensitivities start to sharpen and to intensify. And honestly, the only way that you can hold it, the only way that you can deal effectively with it and in it is to be down in that root chakra because it's, it's, um, this is probably a terrible, uh, terrible metaphor, but it's like a balloon. You've got to have that string. Yeah. It's got to be tied to something yeah. or else the balloon just goes whoop and mm -hmm. it's gone. Yeah. Um, and it's like, if you're bringing in those interdimensional and, uh, angelic and higher, higher vibration, higher frequency energies, um, and you're going to do something with that information, well, how do you know you're getting everything if you're not grounded? Because it's like a, yeah. it's like a ricocheting bullet. If it's not, if there's nothing there for you to hold on to, all that, a, a lot of that information is just going to ping off your crown chakra and just bounce back into the ethers because there's nothing to pull it in. There's yeah. nothing to pull it down into your body so that you can do something with that information. Yeah, exactly. So I was going to say, we were also talking about how like I started with mediumship and then I realized that it wasn't as easy for me to pick up on like someone's aunt Sue as it was to pick up on their angels or yeah. guides maybe that they had never met. Yeah. And so I had to sort of like shift what my focus was because no matter how, and I tried for months and months and months to be a regular medium, <laughs> it just wouldn't work because I just kept naturally picking up on people's soul blueprints. Yeah. And I was just like, and I would see it as like someone standing in the middle of a snowflake or a web or a grid or something. And I would just get all of this. It'd be a really good reading, but it would be like, okay, well, I wanted to talk to my grandma. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't help you with that. Yeah. And so eventually I had to ask my mentor because she was under the impression that I really, really wanted to be a medium. 
And I was under the impression that I was supposed to. And I was like, you know what? Can we just try this whole blueprint stuff? Like, can we just work it? And she's like, yeah, let's do it. It's just funny how you never, like you start this path and you're convinced it's going to be one thing. But then it's, it's a lot, if you keep going down it, you're just like, huh, I guess it's kind of all the things, isn't it? Yeah, it, it you know, it, it totally opens up more questions than it ever answered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't it? <laughs> you know, oh, it must be great to be psychic. Uh, no, <laughs> no, because I, yeah, I think you're, you know, you're absolutely right. You're constantly renegotiating what is true for you, constantly renegotiating that because it all changes. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't wake up, wake up with your abilities being the same way that they're going to be in five years or even necessarily six months. It's, it's a constantly mm-hmm. moving target. But it's also exciting. It is. You know? It yeah. is. Do you have anything that's popped up for you where you're like, didn't see that coming? Um, just recently, uh, just recently, my empathic ability has changed. And uh, before now, it was uh, where I would have an awareness or a knowing of illness or you know, an issue somewhere in the body. But um, as of Halloween weekend, it's now where I feel the physical pain or the physical sensation. That hadn't been my experience until then. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's uh, shown me, you know, like I said, it opens up more questions like, well, how are my boundaries? Because if I'm picking up pain that I think is mine and it's not mine, then that means I have a boundary issue. You know, so it's like I said, it's a moving target. It's always changing, you know, and um, then I have to decide uh, uh, what boundaries are good for me. How much of that do I want to let through and and why? And is it all the time? You know, so it's constant questions and renegotiating what what is true for you, what the way that you're engaging with your abilities, what you're going to do with them um, and how do you live your regular human life mm-hmm. uh, in between all that. Yeah. You know, what I realized recently is how much I am paying attention to stuff that I have no business paying attention to. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize when it's totally the empath stuff mm-hmm. that I've been doing. Cause I'm like, I've got the empath stuff on it. I'm not picking up people's emotions off the streets anymore, but it's like, I'm focusing on the undercurrents of everything. And I'm like, so tuned into it. And I was like, oh, I got to stop that. It's almost like cyclical. You know, you think you're done with one thing and then you've, you, you, you've peeled back a layer of the onion and you're like, oh, there's a deeper problem. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that exactly. And I think that is what has surprised me recently for like speaking for myself is just how, um, how deeply I am actually like entrenched in everything as we all are, but it's like, I'm finally starting to pay attention to it because before I had just sort of accepted that as, well, it's just my, my responsibility to tip, to tune into all this information. (laughs) And I'm like, well, maybe it's not, (laughs) maybe I'm just being a little bit of a control freak. And, um, I mean, like I'm on the same vein, I am in tune with it because I'm interested in it, but then also I don't need to try and control this information, you know? So it's like finding that even balance. 
Mm-hmm. On top of that, though, it's interesting how all your stuff seems to be like around Halloween, where you get more <laughs> things turn on. <laughs> I think my guides have a good laugh at me. <laughs> it's really Bring funny. Halloween again, watch. <laughs> I know my guides must be so like they must have to drink on the job because I am so stubborn and I don't want to trust. Yeah. I do this this for a living and I don't want to trust them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And And surrender? Forget it. I would rather fight you to the death. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it's actually come to my attention that my micromanaging is actually pulling this away. So I have just decided this week that I'm going to try and trust. Just, I'm just going to give it a shot and see where it gets me. And it's actually, it's gotten me a couple pretty cool things. And it's yeah. actually helped for me to realize that because I had nothing to do with the two things that came to me. Mm-hmm. that I was like, oh, I, I didn't manipulate that into happening. So maybe I can consciously work with the universe and be like, okay, I'll catch it. If you're throwing it, I'll catch it, you know, and trying to find like, what is my role as human Julia, what role do I play in this, you know, this universe, this world? Yeah. That's, those, those, those are my Halloween musings. Yeah. I get philosophical. I mean, you know, back to your, to your discussion, our discussion of root chakra, that trust, that surrender. Oh, Lordy. Um, yeah. It, it only becomes easier, I think, the more comfortable you get being in that root chakra space. Like mm-hmm. you, like you were talking about earlier about, uh, not being afraid to be afraid and not being afraid to be angry and, and things like this. So we start doing that shadow work and start, um, I don't want to say forgiving ourselves, but some of us need to forgive ourselves for being human and having feelings. Yeah. Because that's kind of where it all centers. We're not allowed to be angry and we're not allowed to cause a scene and we're not allowed to be uncomfortable and, and things like this. And yeah, we are. That yeah. That's part of the, that's what you signed up for. That's what this is. (laughs) Exactly. And so, you know, I, by no means am I perfect. Like I've got the trust issues and and I'm working on those and I definitely made progress and better than I used to be and everything like that, but it's still an issue. It's, you know, I, I, like I said, I would rather fight (laughs) than surrender. And I don't know why, because it's not fun. I I get into that. I just finished a cycle with that. They're like, um, let us know when you get tired. <laughs> She's still doing it. She's still doing it. Okay. Let us know when you get tired. You know? <laughs> so um, making peace with having those feelings is it's a real part of the, of everybody's work, not just psychics and mediums, but everybody's yeah. work is making peace with those feelings. Exactly. You really learn what you're made of once yeah. you uh, dived into your stuff and really looked at it honestly. Mm-hmm. And when you come, when you started to come to that place where you realized that a lot of it wasn't even yours and all you're really doing is kind of unstitching it from you and sending it back, Mm -hmm. um, that's very freeing. And it, uh, I think it changes your view of how the universe works of like, what is going on here? Um, Because I know that when I realized that some of the issues that have really haunted me weren't even mine to begin with and were things that I took on from other sources external to me, that was like, (laughs) yeah, 
Have you ever um, gotten so deep into meditation that you literally lost time? I've gotten into some trances like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the coolest thing. I think that was, there or was like one time. Under, you think you're under for longer than you were? It, mine was, I, yes. Yeah. Or, well, no. So mine was, I was like, that was 15 minutes and it had been 40. And I was like, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Like, you can be late for work that way, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And that was when I was like, there is something, this was really cool. If that can happen, there was something to that. And when you're in that moment, you're just like, you're like suspended in yumminess and you're like, oh, this is so good. And I was like, how weird that time would go quicker. And then I had realized it that way. Yeah. It was just that, that I think was another like, wow moment for me. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, so for some reason, I want to talk about my grandpa, Bob, he had died while I was sort of in the beginning stages of all of this. Mm -hmm. And he was also another experience that I had. I think what he had done was he had shown up in my kitchen, but sort of as like this electric blue flash of light. And I was in the living room. And so I, I didn't see the source of the electric light. It should have worried me because there's some sort of electric flash happening in the kitchen. I need to be, you know, but I had just sort of looked over and I was like, hmm, and I just went back to the TV. Like I look back on all this stuff and I'm like, why didn't I? And so maybe like 20 minutes later, I was like, maybe I'll take a look and figure out what that was. Cause it was, it filled the entire kitchen, Rachel. Like, and I wow. was just like, whatever. And I looked in and I like looked at the um like the breaker box and I checked the outlets and I was like, nothing's on fire, you know, there's no and I was like, well, that's just one of those weird things that happen in life. And you were just totally in denial. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I really was. Yeah. Absolutely. This is not happening. Yeah. And well, it was I was like totally not impressed. You know, they're probably what what else can we do besides like a full body apparition? And honest to God, if it was a full body apparition, I probably would have been like, no, (laughs) we're not doing this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But that was one of the moments where I was just sort of like, actually, even to this day, here's why I think I didn't put as much value on it because it didn't freak me out, you know? Because when you're coming from this place of like being new to like the woo-woo and ghosts or whatever it was, if it's not a demon, I don't think you're going to take it seriously. You know, <laughs> if it's not a haunting. If it's not something that like literally comes up and flicks you on the forehead or it spooks you a little bit and you're like, oh, I need to get a handle on this. <laughs> like, You're just going to ignore it because it was no problem. It didn't kill you, you know, like your ego's not like, well, it happened, but you lived. So who cares? And so now that I'm thinking about it, I also had this other experience, same place I was living. I was in bed. I was reading. It was dark outside, but I was still awake because I was reading and I was reading this book. It's making me laugh. And all of a sudden I look up, I'm saying this out loud and I'm like, why didn't I take this seriously? I look up and sort of like 10 feet away from me, there's like this like small sun, just sun up, like floating up by the ceiling and it's gorgeous and it feels beautiful. And then I, and I'm, all of a sudden I'm like, I don't think that's supposed to be there. <laughs> and then it slowly started fading away. And I was just like, huh. <laughs> and 
I literally went back to reading. Like it was like no big deal. And I'm just like, yeah, so many little things that I, that really only started happening when I started meditating, but still did not take it seriously. You know, how ridiculous now that I say it out loud. I was, yeah, I was the opposite, I guess, because it was late later in my life and I was jumping and starting at every noise and what was that? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Was it literally like your house was haunted kind of a thing? <laughs> um, well, it's like as soon as, I guess, as soon as whoever <laughs> figured out that I was open and could hear, see, and Uh-oh. feel them, they're like, oh, y'all, let's go. <laughs> I I remember, um, God, I remember sitting on the couch early one morning and I was meditating and I started hearing the music of the spheres and I didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know (laughs) what that was. For those of you who don't know, the music of the spheres is literally angelic music coming from heaven. It's not (laughs) in your environment. It's coming from heaven. So I'm looking around trying to figure (laughs) out where this music is coming from. It's just the neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the neighbors. Um, then we ha- I had a, like a huge glass pumpkin for candy for company. Yeah. And the lid, if it slid either way, made a very distinctive sound. Uh-huh. So again, sitting there early one morning, meditating on the couch, and I heard that lid slide. I was like, oh damn who's here (laughs) and then I'm hearing uh, cupboards in the kitchen oh lord uh I heard my dog that had passed I I heard his collar made a distinctive jingle you know yeah uh when he would be in the kitchen and I heard it in the kitchen but he had been passed for um several months like I mean it was just it was like on like Donkey Kong it was just everywhere (laughs) everywhere you know I think what I was doing now that we talk about it by ignoring it is I was trying to keep myself safe because once I did finally start consciously working with it, I were, I couldn't sleep because I'm like, there are dead people in my living room. Yeah. Like yeah. I know it. <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this information? And there was one day where I got woken up by um, this earthbound dude who I've never met before. I can still, like I was asleep and he was trying to like, like wake up like grab my shoulder and wake me up and I just knew he was 20 30s he had blonde hair and jeans on and I was like I woke up completely freaked out and as soon as I woke up he took off but I was just like stuff like that I was like I can't I can't I can't deal with this I mean you know that's a lot when you're in that vulnerable place of being asleep this place that you're supposed to be untouchable and safe yeah, right the nerve you know and you've got home. people who you're dead and you're in my room <laughs> you're dead and you're in my room yeah <laughs> it's exactly it and it was to the point where it's like I had to sleep with all the lights on you know because that would stop it from happening somehow but there was yeah. it literally got to the point where one day I'm getting ready for work and I'm like in the bathroom, sort of like trying to blow dry my hair, but also trying to like figure out what's going on in the rest of the house. And I'm like legit, freaking, <laughs> I'm like freaking out. And I'm like, I can't do this. I can't. And they're like, okay, calm down. They're literally everywhere. You can't swing a dead cat without hitting a dead person. 
you know they're like there yes there are eight people eight dead people (laughs) yeah they're like there are eight dead people in your living room there just are but you don't have to interact with that reality and I was like oh you know so it was like they also presented this idea of like sort of like overlays uh-huh. of reality and which ones you wanted to interact with and which ones you didn't so it could be a freaking highway of dead people through my living room but if I didn't want to interact with that energy they're like you don't have to you don't have to pay attention to the three creepy old ladies in your living room that's fine yeah. let them be we'll take it and I was like oh okay but they like it had been months Rachel to the point yeah. where I literally heard them in my mind like first of all you're not giving yourself enough credit and second of all relax for the love of God, (laughs) get a night's sleep for once. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, these are all things in that are not in the manual that you don't get. (laughs) (laughs) Like stuff that you have to learn on the fly. Yeah. Um, And just back to your root chakra theme for this podcast, you know, learning that you have that power and that you're not at anybody's mercy. You're not at anybody's mercy you have that power that um that's a game changer it's just that I feel like a lot of sensitives don't learn that until kind of far into their journey you know yeah Yeah. unless their parents are just really into it and have already gone through that I feel like you know and even then you can't teach that that's something that comes up from within and again it's about having that in your root chakra about being able to trust yourself and being able to feel safe in your own environment, your own body. But um, yeah, learn, learning that you have that power and that you have a say-so. Exactly. Hugely yeah. powerful uh, lessons yeah. and required, required. Mm-hmm. I wish, um, I'm the first weird person in my family as far as I know. So I didn't have anyone to ask. Yeah. But the, my exposure to it previously had been hauntings, had been people who went into hauntings and discovered all of this like terrible stuff and everyone oh. needed exorcisms. Yeah. And so I think like, because that's people's first exposure to it, and I'm not knocking it because I mean, it's how you, it opens a lot, a lot of people's minds, but I didn't realize that I didn't have to be a Catholic priest to get rid of it, not everything had to be an exorcism, you know, it could just be a, you know what, dude, do not ever touch me when I'm in bed. Mm-hmm. It's a hard no. We will take this out back if you try and do this to me. In fact, you can go on and on back there. Why don't you just go ahead and meet me back there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. See yourself out. Yeah. And it's funny because now that I mention it, like I literally, I would tell, that was one of my things whenever, when, oh, this always happens in like the investigations are like, I was in bed and then they grabbed my leg and I was like, that's a hard no, that will never, ever happen. And then when I actually had the chance to enforce that hard no, I was like, you know, like I had like touched seaweed underwater or something and I was like panicking and ew, gross. And I didn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, I just think that at least I thought that my first interactions with spirit were going to be terrifying. So I think it was a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Do you yeah. know? Oh yeah. 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 I mean, I, I had all those nice ones beforehand, but I had brushed sure. those aside. Those didn't count. <laughs> <They were real>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it had to be the creepy stuff. Yeah. And what did you have is, do you think that's why 
yours was like a haunting first? Um, you know, it, he was totally having the time of his life. Oh, it was this, a he? It was a he. It was um, the, uh, you know, New Orleans was frequented by pirates and, you know, huge for smuggling and things like that back in the day when it had first been settled and everything like that. And he so- picked up a pirate. Yeah, so this guy, he, I mean, he seemed like a partier, you know, and yeah. the whole time, and this is what like upset me, was he was laughing at me the whole time. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you know, he's, he's messing with the lights and, and he's watching me and he's um, making sounds around the room and stuff like oh. this. And, and the watching me thing, like, when would he watch Sorry? you? When would he watch you? Uh, I, I felt watched as soon as I got in the room, but what I thought it was, honestly, what I thought it was at the very beginning was that my room was an interior room with no windows and it was right up against the elevator. So I thought it was EMF oh, causing yeah. like paranoia and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was like, this is not paranoia. Not what I'm hearing clicking like fingernails on my shower door. Oh no. Paranoia. And like the light switch and um what a regular but, creeper yeah right yeah <laughs> like, you're not watching me shower or something are you <laughs> <laughs> you know what I've actually had that fear and it got to the point where it's like if you want to watch me in the shower the problem is not me <laughs> you, Don't think about that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh my god the, so I do I just realized a fear to have a dead person watch me while I'm asleep thanks for that is that, so he would be in your bedroom and just. I didn't sleep the whole time we were, we were there for a week. I didn't sleep the entire time we were in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> sleep the whole time. <laughs> the whole week. <laughs> so uh, he, wasn't, was, he wasn't in there all the time, but you don't yeah. know that, you know? Yeah. It's like looking back, I can see that he would, you know, decide I'd had enough for the night. And he would, <laughs> you know, um, but you don't know that when it's the first time that it's happening to you and it's you know, it's all new and it's scary and there's not really anything you could do about it. I mean, where am I going to go? <laughs> what yeah. am I do? You got me. I'm stuck here. Um, Was that the guy you brought you know, home? My dad had already said he's got stuff. So there's no safe haven in his room. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be safe in my dad's room. Yeah. Just keep the car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm, uh, I'm going to move back to the airport. Uh, <laughs> um, but then the other thing for me was, and I know that you have uh, Catholicism in your background too. Yeah. The other thing for me was we grew up hearing about archangels, but for some reason, I guess the way they presented them or the way that I took the presentation of them is that they were something to be feared, you know, like they oh. were going to get me if I wasn't right okay. with Jesus, the archangels were going to get me, you know? <laughs> and so I had this kind of fear about it. And so when Archangel Michael made his entrance for the first time. I mean, it wasn't just that the energy was so high that I was shaking from it. It's that I was afraid. What is about to happen to me? Archangel Michael or the Grim Reaper. What I do? Yeah. <laughs> it, it the same? I don't know. <laughs> so you know, so there's a, a certain amount of fear. Yeah. I think that comes, 
as as benevolent as they are, as beautiful <laughs> as they are, as gentle as they were with me, I yeah. was like, Ugh. <laughs> I mean, it's funny, but it's not funny. You know, like at the right. time it's not funny, but now it's funny because you're like, yeah, not I'm just, fine. Yeah. yeah, serious. Yeah, you know what's funny is I cannot, I'm so stubborn. I, I never think of the angels that are working with me. I never do. And I know they're there, but for some reason, I'm so stubborn that the only archangel that I have ever like sort of, sort of have developed a relationship with is um, St. Michael, who I refer to like in my head as Uncle Mike, because I just don't take it seriously. (laughs) You know, I just can't. And I realize this about myself and I'm like, that's probably a real character flaw that I'm (laughs) like really working with them. But it's something that I haven't developed. Like it's, for some reason, it's easier for me to deal with like galactic energy or like interdimensional energy than it is for me to like work with angels. And maybe it's because I, we did have, I, I, we have Catholicism in common, but I never really took the Bible. I always saw it as like a cool story, you know? And so my hang up with Catholicism was mainly like the authoritarianism that was like, forced on me. So I never had an issue with the angels, but I just never heard much about them, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, cool. I got angels. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they're out there doing a whole bunch of heavy lifting and they mm-hmm. are completely unappreciated by me. And <laughs> it's like totally rude. Cause every time I reach out to an angel, they're like, great, let's talk, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm just like, Ooh, I feel kind of, I feel kind of shitty. <laughs> I don't work with you more. <laughs> she picked me. She picked me. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And anytime. So especially when I was first learning how to do mediumship and when I couldn't find a relative to pick up on for them or a friend or anything, I would always look up to the angels, be like, hey, you got anything? And they're always like, I'll give you something. Like they've never done me dirty, but for some reason, I just never go to them first. You know, I don't, it's probably one of those stubborn things that they're going to have to like flick me I'm gonna they're gonna have to flick me on the forehead again or something like that but I'm I'm trying to think I think we should have done this on like Halloween this would have been a great spooky podcast oh I did want to ask you one more thing Mm -hmm. the haunting that was happening at your home because you said it like followed you home was it the same dude so it wasn't him it's just that I kept having experiences that I could not explain it would I would be walking my dog Mabel I'd be walking her down the street um and I would hear a voice pass right right here I would hear a human voice right here and there's nobody there oh lord yeah or you'd feel that unmistakable Uh uh-huh yeah and and then there was uh this I don't even know if I'll ever forget this but I got into my car to go to work and it was still dark outside and it was cold outside and so I'm sitting in my freezing car (laughs) freezing cold car (laughs) And I've got my, my coat on and everything. And I had this impression that mother Mary was nearby and I'm like, okay, well, at least I don't have to be afraid of mother Mary. <laughs> okay. That's until she touched me. <gasps> I felt a hand like go like this. Wow. Like a woman, a tiny woman's hand go like this. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I thought it was safe. <laughs> I thought it was okay. 
what's the appropriate response here? Thank you. I don't yeah, know. I don't. Get out of my car. <laughs> I'm glad you did that while the car was still stationary. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, it was just, um, it's like he opened me up or they opened me up and things just start. I don't know what happened. I just know that stuff kept happening until it was like full blown. What are you going to do with this? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause you have to do something. Yeah. You have yeah. to do something. Either you're going to go into denial and turn it off or <laughs> you're going to start learning about this and yeah. good luck. <laughs> there is no book and you can try to find a book but you know there's so many books out there and you're like where do I start and people like to contradict each other and you're like oh lord mm -hmm. you know I don't know you just you just start anywhere yeah it's interesting I guess I'm lucky I had a family who was like open to this yeah my I mean I was lucky too when I finally came out of the closet my mom absolutely no hesitation she's like of course I believe you of course I believe yeah. you. Um, That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Very lucky. Very lucky. Yeah. I mean, my family has always been into like Bigfoot and aliens and ghosts. So they were just like, tell me about the aliens. <laughs> so they were like, we finally get answers. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're fun. They're cool. But let's talk a little bit about how people can find you and work with you. It's been about an hour. I don't want to get, we could go on and on and on, but I don't want to keep you forever. Um, how can people find you? How can they work with you? Um, so I have a website. It is www.rachelannenergy.com. And that's uh, R-A-C-H-E-L-A-N-N-E-E-N-E-R-G-Y.com. And then I'm also on Facebook under Rachel and Energy. So you, um, um, I'm also live in the Lightworkers Lab. If you guys are interested in joining uh, the Lightworkers Lab, I'm live in the lab every Sunday morning at 9.30 Central Standard Time. I do a sort of a, a gallery type uh, reading session in there with a little bit of woo talk at the beginning. Um, and then... I've been doing a lot more videos on my Facebook page. So if you're new to all this stuff, there are some, some uh, beginner type, uh, you know, like what is this all about and what can I expect kind of videos going up on my Facebook page if you're interested in that. And yeah, I would love to connect with you. I would love to have a, a session where we focus on what it is that's going on with you and what it is that you need. So uh, bringing clarity and bringing healing um, where it's needed in your life if you're confused about next steps or um, hoping for some sort of interaction with another being then you know we can do that and I can vouch for a reading with Rachel because your readings are powerful and spot on and really cool I also like how you don't really pull any punches with your readings it's like whatever comes through exactly how it comes through and we're doing it, we're saying it, and you get real. And I can appreciate that because it's it's um, <laughs> more useful because it's, it's grounded, you know, yeah. when you pull that information through. It's not just all up here, ephemeral, and right. I don't know what to do with it. Airy fairy, right? Airy fairy yeah. stuff that has no yeah. practical use, but mm -hmm. it sounds good. Um, and check her out. And I don't know, I had really fun. We should do this again. I, this was the best time. I had, <laughs> I had a fantastic time. Thank you for having me. Thank so you so much. much. Thank you so much. And we'll see y'all later.